With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Discussion 5 brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey Podcast Network is growing, and we want to make sure that you're aware of everything going on. So let's give you the rundown of the schedule every week brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every single Monday, that's all 31 NHL shows coming at you. One show for every NHL team. On Tuesdays, we've got Tales with TR, which also runs on Thursdays. Uh, We've also got Hockey to Heroin coming to you. The Road to Recovery, hosted by Brady Liebold, every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, The Fourth Line Voice, coming to you every Wednesday and Sunday. The Ice Analytics Podcast, coming to you every Friday. And the House of Hockey Podcast, every Tuesday, hosted by Breezy and Ray Ray. If you want to see more, go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or at HockeyPodNet to check out more. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 60 of the Discussion 5. We made it. We finally made it. Alright, nine episodes away from the big one. You know what that means. Yeah! Uh, but uh, before we get there, we're continuing today our run-through of uh, past NHL drafts. We're going to do 2002 today. So now you know why what's uh, going on behind me right now is, of course, that beautiful 2002 celebration. Uh, we've also got uh, more conversation, continued conversation from a week-to-week basis on uh, what the NHL plans to do once they return. So stick around. But uh, first of all, let's get some business out of the way. Uh, as the discussion five, uh, we are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, which you heard that beautiful ad in, in the start there. And, of course, the Brothers of Discussion, who we are. And uh, we hope that you'll check out uh, everything that we're doing pro wrestling-wise um, this upcoming week. Uh, for pro wrestling, we've got some big news for AEW and WWE and uh, some some pay-per-view uh, reviews as well as previews coming up uh, for what's going on in uh, in the WWE. So check that out at BOD Podcast, brothersofdiscussion.com and BODpodcast.com. You can find everything there, all the links. Uh, for this very podcast, you can find us at BOD Hockey on Twitter and you can find a shared Instagram account, brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Uh, for both the Pro Wrestling Show and the Detroit Red Wings Show. And we also do the same for our YouTube channel. You can follow along and get the videos for the show. So, vodcasts going up on a weekly basis. Uh, going up usually the, the day after the podcast goes live. But if you could, for both podcasts, if you are a fan, if you are a listener, if you just want to do us a favor, and of course it doesn't cost you a dime, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Greatly appreciate it uh, as we continue to try and grow here. Um, hopefully uh, hopefully we'll have some merch coming forward. Uh, we'll have uh, some more reputable condoms. guests. Condoms? Oh. What? Did you yell condoms as our... Condoms! <laughs> well... Put them, over your, put them over your face for COVID. 
We're not getting sick over here, man. Why not? I had my discussion five, my five-inch condom. I was ready to go. Now, uh, I do just qu- real quick, uh, we did, uh, we have our little ad for uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, but please check them out at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get some uh, discounts on jerseys at coolhockey.com uh, as well as enter a contest for a big old gift card, uh, so you'll be taking home uh, maybe some free jerseys if you win that. Um, so, again... Can't thank the Hockey Podcast Network enough. Uh, we were just talking. We're, we're coming close to the end of uh, uh, the discussion five for season one, but maybe we're just going to keep on rolling because what else What else are we going to do on the weekends? All right, Mike, let's talk some hockey again. Uh, this is our third straight week talking about the 2014 playoff. Uh, it seemed uh, as as good as ever, just locked up into place last week, but now it's official. And now it's the, officially official. The NHLPA goes ahead and, and signs off on it, but uh, it comes with a lot of asterisks. Matt, can I, can I say that <laughs> I'm so glad you said it the way you said it, because this feels like the seventh or eighth time we've said, all right, it looks like it's going to be a 24-team return. Mm-hmm. We confirmed it, but nothing's confirmed. All right, give <laughs> us another week, and we'll, you know, maybe we'll confirm it. Double, double confirm it. Well, it goes I feel back- like... The closest comparison, if I may, uh, it's a lot like the uh, meeting of the Ents in Lord of the Rings, uh, where it takes a very, very long time to say anything. Um, seems like everybody else is like making moves. Let's get these Ents rolling, man. What's going on over there? Well, making moves, so making moves, making million, making dollar, million moves. dollar moves. Shout out to Shed. Um, all right. So. Uh... <laughs> Well, I want to say the details then, because is this? I feel like we've done this seven or eight times, but so now we're we're confirming one to four the seeds in the east and the west. You get bye byes, and five to twelve bang each other around. Maybe like a best of five tournament. Oh, um, cool. Well, maybe that maybe that number is not set in stone, but letting five to twelve bang each other around. And so then my concern was, well, what do one to four do? I feel like. It's something we've learned uh, uh, quite a bit in sports, that the team that's sitting idle does poorly. So now we're learning that the top four in each conference are just going to bang each other around for three games of, of light, light competitive um, games, Yeah, I guess. See how many guys can get hurt before you jump into this playoffs. <laughs> um... <laughs> no, it's... You... Uh, God, what a weird... Don't you think that's a weird thing to manage? Like you want your stars to get their their legs back underneath them, but also these games matter exactly nothing. I I love that uh, I love that you brought this up because this will be the ultimate test of like the good old boys NHL, like the I'll rub your back if you rub mine kind of thing. I'm only gonna trade with you because that one year you hooked me up, so I got you. Um, all of these teams are gonna come into this tiny little. Pre, you know the pre-playoff exhibition games, and they're gonna be like, "All right, I promise, I'm I'm not gonna hurt you. I know we might see each other in a couple rounds, but we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. All right, pound it out. All right, cool. Um, just such. I mean, I guess that's that's kind of even though guys still get hurt in the preseason, I you figure yeah. that's kind of like the gentlemanly agreement here. Let's not kill each other uh, because these games don't matter. Um. 
it's such a like in, in my head uh and and i think what i'm about to say is talk out of both sides of my mouth but um i you like it because these guys need to get their feet underneath them they need to learn how to be a horse again they need to learn how to skate again yeah uh, that's yep. my sea biscuit reference um oh we all knew we were waiting for a sea biscuit <laughs> reference now uh, we're gonna do a little little shot of coffee every time we mention sea biscuit on the show oh man you're gonna be so tired at the end of the show um no, uh, <laughs> no poop for you <laughs> it's the one swig yeah. i meant to go get my cold i've been you know, brewing cold brew because it's it's 80 we're we're in detroit michigan and it's gonna be 80 degrees mike and it's not even june yet we're getting shit done at my house kind of <laughs> besides fucking up our project and our deck you know Man, it's just a shame that uh, Larkin won't be in the playoffs because, uh, yeah, he's fast in all different directions. <laughs> That's Seabiscuit number two. All right, all right. Matt. I yeah, we're missing out on horse racing, too. I'm just going to um, have to start throwing up like Toby. Um. <laughs> so, I love the format. I love the format. I don't think anyone, I don't even know if they should televise uh, those three games that the top seeds are playing against each other. I, um, so you know what it might be nightmarishly bad hockey i i we have already gone off on too many tangents because i i wanted to bring up the fact that gary bettman said one of the things we need to give back to the fans and i think more importantly is who you know has all of these cable deals and things like that is yeah. content and he kept saying the word content but i wanted to bring it up because you said how many times we've confirmed that this 2014 playoff thing is happening and it's because the nhl is like god i hate doing this all the time but they're leaking information uh so that they can keep you know tsn rolling out content keep the nhl network rolling out content uh but that is exactly why i think those games will be televised because even if it's like you can grab the bottom of the barrel announcers. Um, it could be in the middle of the day, uh, so there could be people at work and nobody really catching up on this. Yeah. But if they televise it, they have a reason to to have you tune in either first thing in the morning to watch, you know, like the NHL Network's version of Sports Center. Uh, going yeah. to NHL.com to just see the <laughs> highlights of any goals. They need people going back to their social media accounts, back to the website. I think a thousand percent they're going to find some way for a game that definitely a thousand percent should not be on TV. It will be on TV. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to watch it. You already know that I have about 30 hours of wrestling to watch each week. Trying to, I'm feeding my baby upstairs watching Dark Side of the Ring, so I'm planting those Ooh, seeds yeah it's a hot ticket yeah those no, will be I, some uh, fun nightmares um well there's some uh there's some little nitpicky things to think about for the nhl like because mm-hmm. we're gonna bring up you know what the nba's i'm i'm so jealous of what they're doing um and i think actually matt you're gonna be jealous because their nba is thinking about going to play in one of your favorite places in the whole wide world yeah um <laughs> one of the things that people are concerned about is the sound uh, right now, WWE's done a really good job because, you know, one thing with sound with wrestling is you don't want to hear, I want you to clothesline me. And somehow they've done a fantastic job. I have been watching, you know, wrestling since, you know, we've had this COVID thing, no crowd. I, I haven't picked up any extra, you know, instances of that. They've done a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, But I don't know how, like, 
with the NHL, if we're going to be hearing coaches like sharing strategies and things like that, I don't know if they're, you know, super even concerned about what's going to get picked up now on the microphones. Um, and I know that like with the NBA, you could doctor it a little bit because they allow you to play music and crap during the game. Do you think that the NHL might explore something like that just for that extra noise factor? Or we're just well, going to hear the, the blades slicing across the ice. That's tough because the NHL loves their little, you know, the boys yelling across the ice to each other. I think, uh, and that could become problematic with, um, you know. Hey, fuck you! Yeah. Uh, yeah! I think we also have seen enough stories from the NHL over the last decade of some of the choice words that get tossed about bantied about a little bit worse uh yeah. than even the nba and the nfl which is astounding but uh hey we've had our time talking about uh the crowd that gets drawn in to play hockey compared to yeah i don't know a sport that just requires a leather ball um <laughs> uh so yeah i i it's i think the nhl will probably still you know what let me say this they should do music so that they don't get in too much trouble and that those guys don't feel like it's too quiet. They, they should. Um, and I think the NHL will still find a way to, like, mic these guys up and really get some good quality yeah. content that way. Um, <laughs> but I was uh, just thinking, uh, like, the other thing, too, is with the sound. And you don't want to have, you know, like, you know, it's supposed to be safe for children, you know, to yeah. turn on the old sport game. So does that mean you have does that mean you have a delay? And then if you have a delay, are we still gambling on it? Because then, you know, we don't know who's maybe leaking information. And be like, there's going to be a goal in 15 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, do they just shut off gambling for? Uh, uh, like, you just you know can maybe do like you know pre period or pre game. Um, yeah, the, the gambling thing too is huge with the NHL's big deal. Um, I mean, they're you know they're, they have a team in Las Vegas, so I you know I don't know. You I probably... didn't know if you're being sarcastic. No, I wasn't. No, <laughs> I no, I totally mean that. They're they're trying to become the first sport league to have a relationship, like a deep relationship with those. Um, what's the What's the big? Uh, who cares? Uh, you know, with the with the sports betting books in in Vegas. Um, oh, like the DraftKings and those kind of guys. No, uh, I'm trying to think of the the hotel chain. Uh, but it, it you know, what, who, whoever's running the the big sports books out there, like they're trying to set up a relationship so that you can bet on things like skater speed, things like that. It's, Holy macro! Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the only other thing I was going to mention human body, but you know, money. Yeah. <laughs> The only other thing to kind of think about here is, um, uh, first of all, I know you're jealous because the NBA is in serious negotiations to play their fucking games at Disney World. What? Um, So I don't know if that means they're going to get park access, uh, but they're definitely going to get, like, a Disney bubble. Well, uh, Not unlike what they they built for Space Jam. Uh, the, Um, The parks are not open yet. Um, there's but are they going to be open for the NBA players? <laughs> yeah, those... is that why the negotiations <laughs> Disney, aren't done yet? Disney is... cast members are coming. In. I, see, I, I the <laughs> Disney cast members will be there. Because um, you know the NHL, theirs is really tough, man. Because uh, they they have a it's not just like Toronto, you know, in the league. 
Uh, they have a, a sizable amount of their league is Canadian, so it's an international flavor, and they got to figure out, like, are we going to have all these players play in Canada or the United States or split it? And then how do they go back and forth, you know, with some of the, like, tighter restrictions, on, you know, how you test for COVID? And their families. Um, yeah, and then, uh, I don't, you know, it's cute. that I, I laughed really hard when back-to-back I saw NBA going to Disney World and then NHL's like, we're going to Edmonton. We got golf. It's going to be a cool climate. And our city has really low COVID numbers. So Woo. it is pretty safe. I mean, Edmonton. here's the thing, Mike. I'm going to have a league to watch next season. And the NBA is headed to, like, one of the worst states to be in COVID-wise. <laughs> so you're not going to have an NBA next year. Um, I'm sorry <laughs> to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just uh, thought it was cute. Yeah, I'll Disney's pitch versus Edmonton's pitch. It was cute. No, because, I, yeah. I actually now that you you mentioned the the low COVID numbers for the NHL, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of that because whenever somebody asks me, you know, if you ever get into like those zombie conversations, we always we both read World War Z. You know, to go yeah. up north because there's less you go people north. up there, and the the zombie blood will freeze. Uh, the <laughs> The bodies? <laughs> that, I think that should have been part of Edmonton's pitch. Uh, I think just we've all read World War Z. <laughs> yeah. When these COVID zombies start coming back, you're going to be dying again to Edmonton. Oh, oh, oh little wordplay there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, our, our friendly neighbors to the north. What were you saying? You had a question. Um, they haven't... I guess you're asking how do how do they go about uh, this the testing for for COVID, right? I guess the reason I brought it up uh, because we split our time between hockey and wrestling, and you know, last night on AEW they had uh, their double or nothing. It's their big pay per view, and they they made sure to mention you know we did our testing and yeah. Jim Ross like, well, I did it twice this week. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. When did happened. you do it? Uh, <laughs> Sure, that happened. But I mean, wrestlers are historically uh, um, infamous for hiding injuries, hiding illnesses, you know, wrestling with, you know, the Undertaker is on the last ride documentary talking about fighting Mick Foley with a, a broken foot. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just wonder how much COVID testing, how seriously that's being taken. Well, I, I challenge everybody to check out the John Oliver um, HBO. I, I don't want to call it a special. He just, I, I, maybe it was like 23 minutes, I think, he went over uh, sports coming back and yeah. how bad he wants sports to come back. And he brought up the WWE and AEW and how um, their employees are actually complaining to the state of Florida to please shut it down again because they're not doing like the proper due diligence. Uh so that, that that's very eye-opening. He also brings up the fact that there's a German soccer league or a football league <laughs> yeah. uh, that came back, and they re-shut down because a coach went out one night to go get food, came back, had COVID. Uh, they had a whole team that was shut down for two weeks. So what do you say? Like, they lose all their games for two weeks? And if this happens in the NHL, do they put the playoffs on hold for two weeks until they can come back? So there's... Yeah. A lot of stuff that um, hasn't been figured out yet or has already been put into tests. And, and Germany was one of the lowest um, uh, uh, 
what do I want to say? Uh, the lowest numbers for, for COVID outbreak in the world. And they still, like, that's where they were like, okay, we're one of the first countries that's going to come back and give the world some sports. And it's still turned into a clusterfuck. So mm. it just, there can't be a perfect plan yet. Um, but yeah, I, I would say to that to that end, if the employees of those pro wrestling um, companies are complaining about you know what's going on, I hope that the NHL and the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NFL listens and tries to make adjustments based off of you know what what can they do um, to be better than that. But we're still in this part of the the decision making where there's there's science that says we shouldn't do this at all but we're just gonna be like we'll figure it out and then yeah. you know we're putting lives in danger so it's just eek. i don't know i i saw i saw the posts online um when this was all announced and um there's some twitter users that are like ah just like the nhl to put people in in harm's way and um I, you know, there were there were some folks even from our. Is network. this a guy who got hit by an errant puck? What What do you mean? Uh well, because they would be coming back for. Oh, COVID. I just meant like you saying like it was a you know like a pattern. I, I don't know. Just like the NHL, <laughs> just like when I got hit by that puck in uh, pregame skate. Sure. Sons of uh, bitches. But the uh, you know the responses to this guy were like. Um, Hey, we got to get the NHL back somehow. <coughs> do do we? No, I mean you you make that that uh, you know the shock sound, but that's the that's like the general response from sports writers, uh, from podcasters, um, from just general fans. It's like, ah, uh, I guess you know it'd be nice to have it on TV to watch, but are we really in that? Is that the part of the world or the like that? That's where we're at right now, where it's like, I need it. I don't care who dies. Just give me NHL. Um, here's here's what I'll say. It, they're going to come back, right? I hope that they shut it down as quickly as they did in March. Um, once it kind of looked like, all right, the NBA had some positive tests. NBA shut down. NHL shut down. If something happens and there's you know another bubble, I hope... Like if they are gonna come back, I hope that they shut it down as quickly as they did in March. That because it, it, we can't do anything at this point. It's going to come back. Uh, there's nothing anybody can say. But again, hope that they shut it down if something goes wrong. Can that I was just, my final thought. Like the way the NHL operates, and like one of the players will like catch the flu. And then all of a sudden, like, your top two lines have the flu and everybody's got diarrhea for, like, a game. Is this going to be a situation a little bit, like, when one of the kids in kindergarten gets chicken pox, so then you try to have your kid get chicken pox, and then they all get chicken pox, and then they just get it out of their system and keep playing? I don't know if there's enough science behind that working. <laughs> Do you think, like, I don't know if there's science just, that says COVID goes away after one. Because it's one, it's one coach, right, that you mentioned for that, that German Premier League. Was that what that was? The football I don't league? think it was uh, Premier level, uh, oh. whatever. Um, I, I'm not sure how those levels work, but it was a German football league. I mean, 
are we just one star player away from everybody just saying, screw this, we're not playing anymore? Because what are you going to do, just not play without your best player for two weeks? I, I mean, absolutely. But, I, Mike, I challenge you. Uh, let me ask this. How hard would it be for you to go two weeks if you nicked your member or your balls while you were trying to clip yourself? Because you'd have to go two weeks and let that thing heal. But, Mike, there is a solution. There's a way to make sure that you are not out for two weeks, that you could still have your buddy standing Help strong me. and tall and clean. Tell it's me, please. Lawnmower 3.0, provided yeah. by Manscaped. Mike. <laughs> oh, no, I pulled out my headphones. Now the ad's going to be all broken up. Mike, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Uh, the engineering team spent 18 months giving you the 3.0, which actually, I it is a very new product, because if you, if you hit the old Google, because I was uh, putting some pictures together, so we have like a little... Uh, hockey of the shaving you did? Wow. Huh? Yeah, but the, the <laughs> 2.0 still pops up on Google first. So th- this is that new of a product. So if you want to get in on the third generation, uh, we've got the deal for you right now. And uh, Mike, the reason we're pushing this so hard, this is the most premium ball hair trimmer. When I bring up that note of no nicks or cuts, that is their promise. They put it all together just to make sure that you have an, an opportunity to shave your balls, feel confident, feel happy, take your time doing it, really go to town, keep yourself nice and clean and tidy. Mike, that battery lasts up to 90 minutes. You've got that beautiful LED light so you can see where the sun don't shine. You've got the LED light to shine it up. 7,000 RPM motor for that quiet stroke technology like we always like to mention. A lot of quiet stroking going on in that area, so why not have your trimmer do the same if you're listening to me speak right now, like I said, you were one of the first pers- uh, first persons, people, persons to hear about this. So why don't you go to manscaped.com, get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0 with promo code THPN. That's going to get you 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code THPN gets you 20% off and free shipping. Lawnmower 3.0. Promise. Go check it out. You'll love it as much as we do. Mike, another thing we love redrafting those nhl drafts oh yeah we mackerel we have gone from 1998 and now we're doing the 2002 nhl draft the storyline behind this one is very red wing centric so if this ends up being like one of our last if if we start talking hockey and draft in the next episode how uh appropriate that this might be our last one um i am having fun though so if we go into 2003 i don't mind uh because Mike, this is this is the draft happening after the Red Wings win the Stanley Cup, and I think that we'll also transition into the scouting department winners here. So the Red Wings win the Stanley Cup with one of the greatest teams ever assembled in any sport. <laughs> the list of Hall of Fame guys. Um, I mean, it's rivaled by like other NHL teams. Um, I'm sure there's Yankee teams that uh, would come to mind for New York fans. Um, you know, who knows what the Patriots will look like in regards to Hall of Famers years from now. But um, this Red Wings team, it, I mean, it is. I, we don't need to say it. We have the Red Wings fans that listen to the podcast, so they know. But then 
the Red Wings, and we've been doing this. We do. We have a lot of categories for each one of these drafts, and and what we like to do is kind of give you like a, a rundown or a preview of what went down in this draft before we do our redraft. But Mike, easily for me, the Red Wings won the scouting department uh, little trophy that we award for each year. Um, not that they kept Thomas Fleischman. But they draft Yuri Hoodler, Thomas Fleischman, Valtteri Filippola, and Jonathan Erickson, the very last guy to go in the draft. Mr. By, Irrelevant. By far and away, um, with the amount of games played that come out of these four guys, the position of their draft picks, uh, because they, they traded away their first rounder because uh, they were trying to help themselves out the last few years. So their, their first rounders were always flying away. Um, but... To make the draft picks that, uh, you know, in the second round and later work. And then to find the success of these guys that Philpa is still, you know, he came back for his second run. Uh, Jonathan Erickson, even though he's been a Grand uh, Grand uh, Rapids. Why can't I? Grand does not sound like a word to me right now. I must be having a stroke. Grand Rapids Griff. I'm dead serious. Like, I'm like, Grand's not how you say Grand. Wait, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Grand Rapids Griffin uh, for the last uh, little bit here. But honestly, like this, this is your winner. This is the scouting department winner, the Detroit Red Wings for this year. And you know, you wouldn't know back in two thousand two. But how amazing is it? Like you think you win a Stanley Cup, how do you keep your team relevant? Uh, and we were relevant, you know, for almost uh, past another ten years. That's how you do it. Um, we're listening to Steve Eiserman preach all the time that we have important drafts coming up this year, next year, the year after that. And what he talks about is getting one to two good players. Uh, you don't have to get your, your franchises, franchise players, your elite players. You have to get guys that are going to fill out the lineup and getting a seventh round pick like Jonathan Erickson to work out like he did. Of course, we've had our frustrations with him. Um, and that goes to show like how, you know, depth is important, but also just when you give a guy too much, uh, you give a guy a cookie and he takes advantage of you or he wasn't good enough to earn that cookie uh, where the fan head goes. So sure, he was frustrating, but we can't forget that he was the last guy that, that went in the 2002 draft and yeah. how many games we got from him, how many big hits, uh, the help in, in regards to getting to two Stanley Cup finals, and of course him helping us win the 2008 Stanley Cup. So I just, yeah, I, I, they're the winners. No, you're, yeah, uh, it's uh, arguably, you know, we, we had a couple past drafts where, you know, it felt like the Red Wings only got, uh, you know, just a Hall of Famer and then garbage. Um, that was the case, uh, you know, for the Zetterberg year, the Datsuk year, um, the Cromwell year. And then leading up to this year, it felt like, man, you just look at these draft results and they, you know, got three or four guys who, uh, you know, contributed, uh, played a long time. And, you know, guys that you don't mind having on the roster for a while. Um, but it's just something about this draft, Matt, this year, I, it just – Made me think that you know Ken Holland. He's like, this was my this was my apex. This was my apex. Uh, not just the free agents and the trades I made, uh, but for some reason he still wanted some of the guys that he missed drafting. Uh, it felt like that's why he was bringing in uh, the Ian Whites. You know, guys who had a cup of coffee with us. The Ian Whites, 
you know, the Trevor Dailies, uh, you know, the Franz Nielsen's, uh, the Ryan Whitney's. Um, I don't know. So about this year, I think, you know, Ken Holland like putting money into it. Um, you know, those guys, okay, years, I think Ryan Whitney, people were pretty disappointed in. Um, but I don't it definitely know. Lends, Ochi, Ochi. like if somebody if somebody told me that whenever Ken Holland like got stuck and like what was the next decision he had to make he was just searching the 2002 NHL season and then <laughs> just to look at like the picture behind me and then that would result in him seeing the draft and then he go yeah I do like Trevor Daly all right yeah that's like it just <clears throat> he probably had all of these different scouting decisions in in the back of his mind. So whenever he thinks of uh, Trevor Daly, he gets all light and fuzzy because he had just finished, you know, putting together the greatest NHL team of all time. So yeah. then when, when the draft stuff comes up, he's like, yeah, I love that guy. Bring him over. Whatever. Ian White? Sure. A few years. Whatever. Knock, knock, <laughs> knock him in there. Um, I, di- I did want to mention, too, we might as well just get this out of the way with this Red Wings discussion. Um, this is on yeah. the bottom of our list. But I, I, I thought, like, another element to to the Ken Holland success in all of this with the drafting of Valtteri Filippola, we actually, uh, it's it's confusing. Uh, because, number one, we draft Filippola, and we have the very next pick as well. And that was a boner of a pick. But we, we draft Filippola and trade our third rounder for 2003 for the Nashville Predators' 2002 third rounder. So... This is why it's weird. One, um, okay, sure. I mean, we just won the cup, and Nashville's like, sure, you can have another draft pick this year. We'll wait till next year. We're going to suck anyway. That, so, <laughs> basically, uh, getting a quick trade, tra- draft trade victory there. The, the other part of this is why did Nashville, or I'm sorry, why is Detroit doing that, and they have the very next pick? Is is Philpola, it's the rumor running around the room that he was headed out is he going at this pick no matter what and nashville's calling up detroit going hey i know this is a third rounder i mean you know because it's not even a first rounder it's not even like we're talking about first round talent we're talking about you know rolling the dice on guys past probably pick 10 um and i mean not pick 10 in the third round i mean pick 10 in the first round so you're rolling the dice on guys past pick 10 and the red wings trade up to get the pick right before theirs, their next pick, <laughs> so they can draft Popla. <laughs> I mean, it's a and then mad, again, mad, mad, mad world. Yeah, it, it's so interesting. Um, I, I'm gonna say, if I have to play detective here, what I'm guessing is that that idea was being bantied about, and how we, t- I always bring up the good old boys league. I yeah. bet that they were, you know, all right, this is this is who's probably getting drafted. So the Red Wings were like, all right, fine. We'll trade. I don't, but then why would they trade? Why would they take <laughs> a, a draft pick the next year? I don't know. Like, Philpla could not have come into this draft as like, if you're drafting a guy in the third round, you know who you're taking. This guy who's going to end up second or third line center. Uh, for his whole career, probably a fourth yeah. liner once he comes back to Detroit in 2020, and they're gonna be like 2020. That's not a year. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just real quick too, because yeah. I know sometimes you know we really uh, get on Holland's case. Uh, as far as like this, this kind of being like his his glory time, 
Um, you know, he had O2, the absolute home run. And I just, it was, I remember there was a, when Philpo was going to be a free agent and people were really grinding their molars that he, we let him go to Tampa Bay. Um, his best season was still with us. So again, I just feel like it's, and it was in the, the 12 season, uh, which, you know, was a pretty good year for us. Uh, <laughs> but like he, he let him walk, you know, and it's, he just kind of went downhill from there. And it just, I just wanted to give Holland another uh, little uh, bit of credit there for seeing that, you know, uh, you know, we don't need to give this, this guy tons of money, um, you know, to be a Red Wing going forward and he'll come back to us when he's 35 or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. It was just, you know, he turned 30 that season. Uh, you know, he's 29, 30 and Red Wings said, Oh, we're good. And he's, you know, he's fine, but he just wasn't what the Red Wings they didn't want to pay him what he was asking. So I, I just, I wanted to give credit for a good move. Yeah. It's actually, like they, they just kept him for the perfect trajectory and then let him walk. I, I'm actually uh, even going to say Philp is better than I, than I even remember. Cause he's getting Selkie votes, which I can't believe. And uh, some lady Bing votes, which, you know, could just be coming from Detroit sports writers, but uh, that's actually, yeah. that's an interesting little tidbit too, that I wasn't even, I'll be completely honest here. I wasn't aware that he was getting votes like that. Um, but yeah, good good for him. Um, Valtteri Filippo for the Red Wings, easily the, the best pick to come out of this. Because even when we could sit here and make jokes about Filippo and coming back to the Wings now, um, you know, he had, he had a lot of empty nets that he missed this year. But um, talk about a guy that got Selkie votes. I mean, he still, he wasn't, he wasn't the absolute worst center on the team. He's filling a role for a team that just needed the roster completed, and he's you know he's not completely useless. So I, I even now like it still was a great time to set up that relationship, and um, you know there's always the marketing elements to it too. So you bring back somebody that the fans are going to recognize. Um, and you know what, the the durability is really good with them too. Yeah, um, and the hair. Well, I mean, like, you know, he's getting it, you know, past his, you know, his 30s into his mid-30s, and he's 32 playing uh, 79 games. Uh, he plays a full season in Philly, 81 games. Plays with the Islanders at 34, 72 games. And for the de- terrible Detroit Red Wings, uh, he was in 70 games this year. Uh, and it was a grind to play a single game uh, for this Red Wings team. So <laughs> kudos to him, uh, you know, for, you know, Sticking around with this awful, awful, awful roster. Uh, so thank you for putting in the man hours and letting us field a professional team. Uh, you know, well, let's season. talk. Let's talk some of the more uh, less Red Wing centric stuff. Even though they'll figure into some of these numbers, but eleven guys playing eight hundred plus games, uh, yeah. seven playing a uh, thousand plus. So the the previous season, just to give you a, a barometer. Uh, would be we had five i think actually a thousand plus and then there were only uh eight guys who did the 800 plus games so a a little more depth in this draft um guys playing up through this season mike uh jay bowmeister alex steen duncan keith johnny boychuk curtis mcelhenny um and that's that's actually a good time to talk about who i'm awarding the good boy award to is duncan keith the Good Boy Award is uh, something 
I, I thought would be fun to, to hand out. It's the guy who sticks around with just one team, and both player and team have to show loyalty to each other for this to work out. So just like your, yeah. your dog, uh, who's a good boy. That's that I'm calling Duncan Key the dog, but, you know, he, he sticks around, so you get the good boy award. Uh, 610 points in 1,100 games. Um, you know, he's somebody that uh, Chicago fans complain about now because of uh, contracts that kind of eat up a lot of space, but he could be part of the reason why they struggle so much, even though they'll get back into the playoffs this year because of the 2014 thing. Uh, two-time Norris uh, winner and then uh, helping him win the Stanley Cup in uh, 2010, 13, 15. So uh, quite a successful career. Uh, good, good, good boy uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. Can't complain about all those cups and uh, trophies. So, uh, Mike, I know you've got some of your favorite awards. to. Well, uh, what goes without saying, my favorite award is always the Yuri DePito Award. Uh, that's the... <laughs> Oldest fuck in the draft. Uh, <laughs> I don't think another professional sport is as good about drafting old timers as the NHL, and uh, this season was uh, no exception to that rule. Um, Yuri DePito, when we started doing this, Matt, he was drafted at the ripe age of 32, and Matt, we had a peer for Mister DePito in Jonas Johnson. Uh, the St. Louis Blues felt the need to draft this 32-year-old. Uh, who contributed pretty much nothing. Uh, so what I would want to do is uh, just another guy who, not quite as old, but still pretty old, uh, is age 28, uh, Frederick Norena. Uh, actually played 100 games uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, so bravo to him. Um, he wasn't fantastic. Uh, he's basically a 500 goalie. He's just kind of a backup there. Uh, you know, spell... For a, you know an actual professional who's you know not nearing thirty in his uh, rookie deal, but uh, good for Frederick, uh, good for Jonas, and uh, as always, we think finally of Yuri DePita. Um, oh, it's like he's dead. <laughs> my fa- my other favorite one is the Datsuk Diamond in the Rough winner, uh, which you know it's because draft uh, Datsuk was drafted so deep uh, in 1998. Uh, what was that? 212 or is that 198? I don't know why I'm clinging to those numbers. Um, yeah, where those? Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> where the heck was he? It was so deep. Uh, but Matt, I, I think that you made a good point um, in the show notes today that Erickson, the last guy taken in the draft, uh, basically, you know, playing until this season, it's really hard to not pick a second Red Wing. And since we've been doing this as the diamond in the rough winner, Matt, um, everybody passed on him. The Red Wings passed on him multiple times. uh, (laughs) But GD, he he hung around and he played defense for a professional hockey team, Matt. Right. Um, Yeah, his numbers numbers don't really compare. um, I guess they actually do compare to to the other couple of names I I pulled. But it's like games played seems to be the most important thing here. But he's still 680. You get six. 180 games played out of the last guy you take in the draft. Boom. Rusted. All right, cool. Uh, (laughs) Dennis Weidman, 815 games played, 387 points taken. uh, Oh, shoot. I didn't write down what pick he was. Fuck. Motherfucking. God damn it. Um, What are you looking for, Weidman? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 
I think maybe you spelled his name wrong because I, I don't see him. I tried Buffalo Sabres, 241. Weidman, I got him. Uh, I spelled it right. 815 games again, 387 uh, points in those 800, 815 games. Uh, but, yeah, to, pick 241. Uh, can't, can't, can't beat that production going that deep into the draft. And then uh, uh, where's my Maxime Talbot? Uh, obviously the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, another candidate you could argue um, – I don't know. Yeah, you couldn't argue that uh, he'd get the good boy. Uh, but 204 points in 704 games. And again, pick 234. So he's a little bit further uh, up the list compared to Dennis Weidman. But I, I, I'd still, I'd still say, uh, especially considering the um, uh, the position for both Jonathan Erickson and then Dennis Weidman, that they're. Their, their point production obviously won't even come close to a center like Maxine Talbot of uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so he's, he's going to have more offensive opportunities. Uh, so I, I, I think that the edge goes to those two, but I, I'm going to give the, the super edge uh, to the Red Wings and Jonathan Erickson with uh, that last pick in the draft. Um, yeah. um, just before we do the redraft, I just want to make sure we touch that two more teams here. Because um, I, I, don't, I don't remember you mentioning it, Matt. Maybe this coffee is, you know, negatively impacting my memory cells here. But the scouting department flows. So as great as the Red Wings did, Matt, and they won the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, they didn't hit home runs, but they hit, like, four doubles. Awesome. <laughs> Vancouver, who very recently, uh, you know, did some swindling to uh, historically, you know, as we've been doing these 98, 99, 2000, 2001, uh, drafted, you know, a couple of Sedins back to back. This year was not as magical for them, Matt. They had 10 picks. Out of those 10 picks, they got 12 man games played. Far and away, the worst draft of yep. everybody in 2002. <laughs> so by comparison, like, it's it's just odd to see. I want to put these two together. So Red Wings, fantastic job, uh, you know, because they weren't drafted in the, you know, top. They were drafted at the end of every round. Uh, so, like, my other favorite draft here was the Washington Capitals, Matt, who hit uh, with three first-round picks. They had 12, 13, 17. Uh, they got Steve Eminger, they got Alexander Semin, and then Boyd Gordon at 17. All guys who, you know, played a couple hundred games for them. Good stuff. And Semin, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be drafted, uh, you know, in our in our redraft here in a moment. But after that, after, those, after that first round for Washington, glorious, you know, great job. They had 10 more picks in 2002, Matt. Zero man games played out of those last <laughs> 10 picks. Yeah. Zero. So good good on them to see first round talent. Bad on them to see second through the rest of it talent. Um that's still not quite not quite as bad as Vancouver, who accumulated twelve man games played out of two thousand two. What a waste <laughs> of a season for them, uh draft wise. But uh I wanted to make sure we honored or dishonored those two teams for their performance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, for as good as like the Red Wings are finding depth, uh, finding guys at the end of rounds, finding guys at the very end of the draft, uh, Washington, F! Uh, Vancouver, F! So there you go. Matt, are you ready to redraft in 2002? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, what this means, I think the last one you went first, do I go first this time? Or yeah, that's am I... 
and my miss remembering anyway this is i mean so one of the things we we, we haven't even brought up yet uh, one of the names we haven't touched on uh, great career was taken first overall and this is one of the few times mike that the guy who was taken first overall is going to be redrafted that same way yeah uh because just comparing everybody else sure there's the steals that we talk about with the red wings and uh even looking at like the top uh the top like seven guys in this draft only one of them was taken in the in the top 24 one was taken in the top 24 out of the top seven guys in this draft but uh still easy pick for me columbus blue jackets get to hang on to their first pick um see if it turns out a little bit differently in this go around through uh the the new reality we're creating but uh rick nash easily going number one uh ends up being the number two point share guy um only compared to goalie um that maybe i should shouldn't say his name uh but we we've talked about like the point share numbers for goaltenders being through the roof so we'll we'll get into it with carly letton at some point but uh yeah Let's put Rick Nash back in Columbus. Uh, who knows where he finishes his career, but he's starting it with Columbus. So I get Atlanta. They picked be, the goalie at number two, man. It would be fun, like, if we had kept the drafts from previous. Because uh, at, at one of our drafts, we had the Thrashers walking away with... Um, I know they had Robert Lang and Bertuzzi and um, uh, Zetterberg. So they've already, they may have already played a season with them. So who knows if they'd still be getting a number two pick. But, uh, you know. They quite a few Hall of Famers based on the past couple Yeah, seasons. right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, go ahead. God. It's just, hmm. I really hate taking a goalie at number two. Um, so does the rest of the NHL. Um, yeah. But, man, I, I, I mean, they were starting to – I think they felt like, you know, we're starting to build our forwards out a little bit. Uh, you know, we got Danny Heatley now. We're rocking and rolling. We don't, we don't need anything else. Let's get a goalie at number two. <sighs> man. <laughs> I, I, it's almost like you want to let the clock run out and see if another team will draft Kerry Letton in, and then maybe they'll draft you know somebody better. All right. But in their defense, I, I, they arguably got the best goalie at number two for this year. Uh, we're going to do it again. <laughs> Give me Letton in. We're going to do it. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't, they didn't fudge it up too bad, no too. I, I, you know, he, God, he, oh. you know what? So I, what if his best, so what if his best save percentage was, you know, when he got a cup of coffee in 2003 and four and he played <laughs> five games and he was four and oh with a 95% save percentage. You know what? He, uh, you know, he's pretty good in Dallas. So I'm sorry, Atlanta, that it you know it didn't you didn't quite see the best of the best from Kerry uh, when he was with you guys, but well, maybe I mean, looking into the crystal ball and seeing that he you know placed for some some Vesna votes, uh, you know when he hit 30, maybe it's not a nightmare for you. Maybe it's not. 
Well, what a what a shocker that he started to play better when the team around him got better. <laughs> um, um, he he actually did get uh, two playoff games um, for Atlanta Matt, in two thousand seven. That was a, two losses, uh, but he did play in the playoffs. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm talking right. myself out of this pick. You know what? Atlanta screwed it up again, and I can't believe we wasted our pick on Lefton. But I, he was like... the best goalie. They wanted a goalie. You get him. You're we out. Have, there you go. We have a crystal ball to see in the future. <laughs> and for we these two teams. Rescue. We still couldn't rescue Atlanta. <laughs> We've got two teams that don't win Stanley Cups over this period, and we haven't changed a thing. All right. <laughs> Florida Panthers. Like, I, uh... I are you going to change our fortunes? Uh, not at all. We're still going to be in the <laughs> toilet. So uh, I get I get to do two different picks for the Florida Panthers. Um, Ooh. I, the the first one it, it get they're they're going to get an upgrade. So they they took a defenseman and a, a very successful. I mean, it ends up being a game changer uh, still in the league in, in J. Bo Meester. Yeah. Um, but I think this is that opportunity where we are going to make a subtle change and not not just getting a guy that's in the top 10 of turnouts, but you're getting the best defenseman to come out of this draft. And a guy, like we already talked about, got the Good Boy Award. So guess what? He's sticking around forever. Duncan Keith will eventually... <laughs> eventually, the Panthers will rule the day that uh, they drafted him because uh, they're going to pay him too much money. But... Uh, those hopefully Stanley Cups that come their way because he's on the team will, will mean enough that they'll forget about it. Uh, but Duncan Keith is the first pick uh, that we will change the future, finally. <laughs> and the Chicago Blackhawks will suck just a, a little bit. Uh, they'll, they'll, how do I want to say this? Because they won three Stanley Cups, so I can't say suck. Um, they won't be as good now. Ha-ha! Ha! All right. It's a double victory. Matt, this was a this was kind of a wild draft. Um, after um, Nash, after letting it again, uh, we we historically had back to back to back defensemen getting picked. Um, and to help out the Flyers, you know, we're gonna give them an upgrade too with the guy that you downgraded from. Wait, yeah, no, uh, and they're gonna take Bo Meester. Matt, this guy. He 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 plays he played till 2020. He's he's only 36. You want a Stanley? You want a Stanley Cup with the Blues? Uh, Bowmeister, give me the Bowmeister. Uh, great name, Stanley Cup winner. Uh, Matt, he did one of our favorite things. He got Lady Bing votes uh, over the Datsuk era. So you know to even be mentioned among Datsuk, what an honor. Um, but obviously you're not taking that championship. That championship. Obviously, you're not taking that award for Mr. Pavel. Um, he got Norris votes. Uh, you know, he had a couple of years with double-digit goals, which as a defenseman, yeah, pretty solid, my man. Um, he actually did that damage for the original team that drafted him. So, Philly, you get to look forward to those those apex goal years. Um, <laughs> the other thing we like to mention, um, like we did for Philpola, um, durability. Um, you know, besides Bo Meester's, you know, still playing, uh, you know, at, at 36 there um, in 2020. Um, he also had multiple 82-game seasons. Uh, he wasn't quite Cal Ripken, 
Um, he did have the audacity to get injured uh, once or twice. But, Matt, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons where he played 82 games. Uh, pretty awesome achievement. That's a guy I would want to have on my team. So, Matt, give me the bow, Meester. Noise. All right. No, that, I mean, that is a fantastic pick. Um, so, I... I think I do. I do like the idea that there's some sort of decision-making process in regards to picking up a defenseman, uh, and it can't just be that everybody was scouted to be really good, and that's why uh, they went in that direction. So with the Penguins, uh, I'm gonna pick a guy that we've already talked about and was number two in our Diamond in the Rough um, or our, our Pavel Datsuk uh, award is uh, Mr. Dennis Weidman. Uh, gets. Norris votes, becomes an all-star, plays 800 games. Um, a, a definite upgrade, even, even if I was thinking I'm going to go Yanni Pitkinen, or if I'm thinking let's just keep Ryan Whitney in the mix here. Uh, no, Dennis Weidman's the choice. Uh, he is going to f- jump around to quite a few teams, but uh, no fault of his own at the start of his career. So let's, let's put those 800 games to work in the Steel City. So... We just made the Penguins better, so maybe we don't win the 2009 Stanley Cup. But anyway, or the 2008 Stanley Cup, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's fine. The Penguins won 2009, so maybe that's what I was thinking. I don't know. But yeah, g- give me give me the wide man. He's not waiting until 241. He's, he's going at number five. Well, that gives me uh, Nashville Predators at number six. Now, they originally drafted a left wing, and uh, Matt, what we've been doing in this game is... You drafted a goalie, you're getting a goalie. They drafted a left wing, they're getting a left wing. But I'm going to help them out, give them a little upgrade. Um, the guy who, uh, you know, he helped up the Capitals quite a bit. He actually was a pretty decent playoff performer. Um, has a hilarious last name. Um, <laughs> give me wall-to-wall seven. No. Uh, Alexander Simon goes to play me, in me, Nashville. Me. Yeah, he's skeeting all over the ice. Look how fast he's skeeting. Uh, he uh, he had a couple. He had a couple really, really strong seasons, and then he he just he couldn't quite keep that like goal level um, up to that awesome plateau because um, it feels like he he kind of hit his 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 high mark at age twenty five. Um, that's when he got his 40-goal season, which, you know, I think Nashville would really be pumped to have, you know, a guy who nudges 40 a couple times. He also gets, like, 38, um, and then it kind of peters out 26, 28. Um, but to have those those goal numbers, especially if we're saying you get to draft him and have him when he's at his best, uh, that's when he was at his best. He was with Washington. It was before he left for Carolina. Um, you get playoff points. You get a 40-goal scorer. And you get a hilarious name. Seaman. <laughs> oh, Seaman, welcome to Nashville. That's the... Uh, we've got to go find the, the YouTube uh, for that draft pick and see what actually was said there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Matt, you got the well, Anaheim Ducks, number six. So here's, here's the thing. We could play this game again of, you know, the, the Anaheim Ducks are taking a, a left wing... Uh, so, so do I, you know, just go down the list and find the next best left wing, um, 
for the Ducks, or do I think that maybe they were just trying to take the best forward available? So the next best left wing available, Mike, is Joffrey Lupel, who the Ducks took. Uh, but I, I think there's too many good players uh, and guys that are going to make a difference. And, and even if even if their career didn't pan out at the end and they had to come back to the Red Wings, um, it was still a good career. So I, I think you know where I'm going here. He's been brought up a ton in this, and I'm Don't surprised. Don't do it. Yep. No, That's who I was going to pick. Well, you know what? We've got a cluster here of players that uh, the, the Red Wings fans listening to the show will recognize it, who I think are going for the next few picks. But, uh, yeah, give me Valtteri Filippola here. Joffrey ah, Luka can drop down the list. I wanted the frosty tips. Damn you! <laughs> I mean, it's we've, we've talked about him so much. I mean, even with the struggles in this season, it's still amazing that he can put in so many games. Um, and that's... That's honestly, you know, bring up each each time we do this, what Steve Eiserman says about bringing in, you know, you need to hit on these, these early draft picks, and that would be hitting on the early draft pick. Even if you want to get the franchise or the elite guy on accident, um, if you can pull in a Valtteri Filpla at uh, number seven, you did your job. I mean, it just goes oh. to prove, too, like how difficult these drafts are that you can't expect, right, a franchise player on, on every first-round pick. So how many of these guys don't we, – we said even in the top seven, there's only one guy in the top 24. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said, since uh, Frosty Tips is uh, out of the picture for me, Minnesota Wild are kind of like, well, now what do we do? Um. Yeah, I don't know. We're screwed. That was that was our pick. So, I guess what we're gonna do is take some other center. Uh, whatever, big deal. Uh, Matt. He's a guy right out of the gate. Again, another guy who who liked playing every game. Uh, give me Alex Steen. Uh, you know he 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 didn't quite light the world on fire, but you know offensively. Um. Uh, his best goal season was uh, 33, and that's the season um, he, he was almost uh, like a point-of-night point of uh, player. That's the season he was getting uh, heart votes, uh, all-star game, uh, selkie votes. This was uh, defensive for him. I think uh, a guy the, the Red Wings treasured, uh, or at least it seemed like it this season, the way that the Red Wings refused to put uh, pucks in nets. We're more of a defensive offense. Uh, we don't like scoring. Uh, so Alex Steen, I think, would have fit in. He was not a big so, goal scorer, but he was a great defensive forward. Uh, let, let me let me say this. Uh, oh, this boy, is, Matt's coming in. This is, where fact it pays, check this is where it pays to pay attention. Um, I should have taken Steen already. <laughs> and I am so focused. I'm going between these pages and going, all right, who's drafted next? Who do they take? I completely, this is a bone. Like, Steen should have gone before Philpola. I, I think if we're setting this up as, like, a ranking, I... I, I you know, I, I'm i still more... And you know what? We're going to do our first ever redraft trade because we're willing to give up Steen for Frosted Tips. Sure. Um, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, we got him. It Woo! is kind of it is kind of interesting too that they're both at a thousand and eighteen games. So basically, you're trading away 
at 1,018 games apiece for the two, you would be trading away 107 points over his career. <laughs> We're in. Not, not we to don't mention, give a goddamn. Uh, the so your win loss record. If you want to take, if you want to make that trade, it looks like. Yep, you're losing uh, about 18 points over those 1,018 games for for yes. your points for your team. All right. Uh, so I like I got... it a lot. All right. Uh, also, fun fact: uh, the last couple players I drafted, Bob Easter and Steen, actually won a Stanley Cup together. Isn't that fun? Cute. The old. Santo Blues. Uh, but, man, so I, with that I, hot trade, yeah. I got to make a major upgrade here for the Panthers because even though we were talking about the, the guys that are points-wise uh, in, in the top seven, there's still a lot of games played going into the top 14. Uh, but one of the guys who doesn't have at least 400 games played in the top 14 draft picks, right, is yeah. this number nine pick. Uh, for the Florida Panthers. Played three games, no points. Zero point share, obviously, with that. <laughs> uh, but this this was where the Panthers, you know, with their second pick in the top ten, they're trying to they're trying to do something for their offense. Uh, so this is this is the easy game we play. Uh they're in the, if they're drafting in the top ten, they're not they're not looking for someone that's um, that they're going to walk away from and say, man, that was a pretty good defensive forward for our fourth line. No, we're, we're going to get someone that's going to make a difference, at least for a few years. So when I brought up those names that the Red Wings fans are going to recognize, this this was one here. Obviously, coming out of the Czech Republic, Yuri Hudler. Damn it! Not, that's uh, who I was going to take it, 10. <laughs> it's fine. There's a whole list of guys. Uh, 428 points in 708 games. Uh, point share is actually, if you if you do the math the right way, Mike, it's more valuable than Valtteri Filippola. Very interesting. Uh, so head on down to Florida, Yuri. Uh, you don't have to make that pit stop for a Stanley Cup with the Red Wings. <laughs> well, no, no, he's got now the Panthers have Duncan Keith and Yuri Hudler. Couple of Stanley Cup winners. Pick. Are they still I winning a cup? Yeah. All right, Mike, you're number ten. Oh great! This is fun. This is like how my fantasy drafts go. Um, like in high school, See, I would just pick like all the Detroit Red Wings, all the Detroit. I just Lions. had yeah. I had this narrative for Calgary where I was <laughs> like, you know, he, he ended up playing for you anyway. Yeah. Um, you get him when he's young and cheap instead of when he's old and expensive. Like you, you get you get Yuri, you get the Hootie, you get the Hoot Man, hoo hoo. But instead, now it doesn't matter. That we're just the Calgary's just gonna go up in flames as it is. Um, I, I, you know, they what did they do for real? They 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 took who's this idiot? Eric Nystrom. Nah, so he had a middling career, if anything. Man, I, I guess they'll they'll take a slight upgrade. A guy who you know originally got picked by Nashville. They're gonna take Scotty Upshaw. You don't you want know, him to. No, you know ahead. what? Here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. Screw that. We're not taking Scotty Upshaw. Matt, we're taking uh, we're taking another future Hall of Famer, uh, current Detroit Red Wing, Franz Nielsen. <laughs> Because nice, yeah. I know the Red Wings really like Franz Nielsen for some reason. 
and they're willing to sign him in free agency to a long, long deal that never seems to end. That's so what we're right. going to do is draft him, and we're going to trade him immediately to the Red Wings for Yuri Hoodler. I mean, for uh, to the Florida Panthers for Yuri Hoodler. We're going to do a little bit of uh, back to the future uh, financial footwork there to make this deal go through. Um, we're going to set ourselves up here as, as soon as possible to bring in the Hood Man. So at all costs, we, we make this move happen. I feel like as a guy who drafted twice for the Florida Panthers in this round that I have some say in this. And I, I say no. We're happy with our Duncan. We're happy with our Yuri. We will throw in our 2003 redraft pick. Well, interesting enough, the Red Wings actually traded up as well, and uh, along with all the other great draft picks, they are taking Rick Nash away from the Blue Jackets. So we'll see. We'll see I how mean, that goes. <laughs> everything else just fell into place for the Red Wings. So I'm surprised that that draft day deal didn't happen. Um, <laughs> 2002 was a hell of a year. It, a I, it could year be considered Detroit. the greatest year in Detroit Red Wings history. Yeah. Why? Why not? Why wouldn't it be? We took down the Avalanche uh, in that beautiful seven-game series, as well as destroying Patrick Waugh's career in doing so. Uh, you win the Stanley Cup. You have one of the greatest drafts ever, including drafting you to, you the know very what? last yeah, guy and having that work out. In 02, you got to bring in uh, Franz Nielsen for a draft day workout and thought, maybe someday. <laughs> Ah no, this is. Uh, I think the argument could be made that this is one of the greatest years for uh, for the Detroit Red Wings the Red because Wing it, it'd be one thing for you to argue that they doomed themselves because of this season, but obviously they won the cup in two thousand eight, so that's not true. Uh, and then they made the and cup. That toiling in the year. minors was was a young Pavel, a young Henrik, and no, young Pavel Nicholas. played his first year. You get to meet Pavel. Did he? Did yeah, he, he get a gameplay. Oh, I was thinking of Boyd Devereaux, like, took his spot. I thought Pavel played the next season. No, he's, he's got a Stanley Cup in 2002. Wait, get out of the way. Is, is Pavel in that picture? Yeah, he's right there. Where is he? There he is. Point him out. He's right, he's, he's right over there. See no, he's throwing, not. I, I don't see him. He's right in that area? I can't uh, okay. see it. It's a green screen. I don't know. You got to be like the weatherman. So we got we got a Pavel Datsuk front over here. We got some got some boy Pepper um, But yeah, yeah this is Pavel Datsuk famously won a Stanley Cup as uh, Brett Hall's <laughs> line mate. Um, yeah, he was a part of that team. Where's that Datsuk front coming in, man? I don't see it over there. It's uh, <laughs> it's lost. Is it 13 degrees over here? It's and... lost in the memories from 18 years ago. <laughs> right, by, right by this 17 front over here. And... Well, with that, everybody, <laughs> with that big boner, uh, we're headed off into the sunset after discussing, again, uh, let's term this as probably the greatest Red Wings season in, in uh, Detroit Red Wings history. Uh, it's going to be, it's so tough to argue. I guess... How about 1988, right? Cup and then a Datsuk. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. Head on over to at uh, BOD Hockey on Twitter to check us out. Uh, it's uh, brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. Check out the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. 
And uh, oh, and don't forget uh, brothersofdiscussion.com and bodpodcast.com. And subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. And please check out our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Um, help us out a little bit. We're not asking you to buy anything, just to do us that favor. Thank you so much, and have a good one. Hi everybody, this is Matt Klink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com, BrothersofDiscussion.com, find us on Twitter at BODpodcast, and of course we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States, the Brothers of Discussion are covering it, so if you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody hi everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of the discussion five can't thank you enough but to try to give back we're here to tell you about another cool hockey contest that the hockey podcast network and the discussion five are very proud to tell you about if you are interested in walking away with a $175 cool hockey gift card, you've got to listen up. Because if you buy a jersey from coolhockey.com before June 1st, so from the moment you hear this till June 1st, you will be entered to win a $175 cool hockey gift card. Now, once you make that purchase, your name is automatically entered, and it has to be a jersey purchase to be entered. All you have to do is go to coolhockey.com slash THPN. And you know what? Mother's Day's coming up. So you go ahead and get your mom that hockey jersey that she's always wanted. And now you're entered for the Cool Hockey Gift Card Contest. Now, a couple little snippets here. If we get 10 jerseys sold by May 15th, this sucker's going to turn into a $200 gift card. That's right. So you want to share with your friends and your buddies what's going on here. Now, make sure you also use the promo code THPN to get 30% off the hockey jersey that you're purchasing. So just to run this down one more time, we've got coolhockey.com slash THPN is the location you want to go to to run this contest uh, and buy your next hockey jersey. Get your mom a hockey jersey for Mother's Day, and then you'll be entered to win a $175 cool hockey gift card to give to your dad for Father's Day.